0: This episode is brought to you by the Elite Academy, formerly known as HRVCourse.com. The Elite Academy now offers in-depth online courses on multiple subjects. So if you're enjoying the content of this podcast, but you're looking for a more structured and logical progression, looking at the science and application of these subjects, check out the Elite Academy at EliteHRV.com Academy.
1: Welcome to the Elite HRV Podcast, where experts share their experience using heart rate variability and other biomarkers to optimize health and human performance.
0: Welcome back to the Elite HRV Podcast. This is your host, Jason Moore. And today we have Dr. Ted Achacoso joining us. Dr. Ted, welcome.
1: Thank you, Jason.
0: Did you notice the change in my voice when we started hitting record?
1: Yes, I did. It became-
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, Dr. Ted and I have had a, a good pre-recording discussion um, that spanned multiple days. Uh, not continuously, but um, we, we talked a lot about different subjects and really set the stage for this recording. And I'm excited to have Dr. Ted here with us because um, he has a very impressive bio, which I'm not the best at reading bio. So, I'm going to summarize some of the interesting points that kind of came up in our discussion pre-recording and also some of the highlights that can help you understand where this discussion might go because we have a lot of ways that this this discussion could go. But um, I learned about Dr. Ted recently that he has been a minimally invasive brain surgeon uh, who went on to be a mathematician and an artificial intelligence entrepreneur. Um, He's been a professor of pharmacology and toxicology and neurology. has done medical informatics and interventional neuroradiology, and uh, the AI part of it was also in financial trading. So, uh, Dr. Ted, I believe you had your own kind of quote about this, which was that your you had a career that had ADHD or something like that. But um, <laughs> even though that that that. that is somewhat apparent, but when you go through the list, what is clear is that there's a common vein in here of solving complex problems and taking a very analytical approach to problem solving. And um, in my opinion, a, uh, a lack of fear of trying new things. And so those are all things that kind of personally are inspiring to me. And um, so, you know, we, just wanted to share that, but uh, but today we might get into anti-aging, which is something that Dr. Ted is known for. Uh, we may talk a little bit more about some of the uh, medical informatics. Um, we have what Dr. Ted calls the seven pillars of health optimization that I really want to pick his brain about. And then I think the a good place to start though is one of the things that came up in our pre-recording discussion, which is what your mission in life is, Dr. Ted?
1: Okay. Um, I noticed that Jason shifted to his podcast voice, right? Um, it, it's, <laughs> a right. Different, it's, a, it's a different self that has come up there. It's like, I am now doing a podcast.
0: I'm the podcast <laughs> version of Jason now.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, my, uh, I have a personal mission which is reflected in the companies that I start or in the activities that I have which is uh, reducing suffering in myself and uh, reducing suffering in others. And uh, by reducing suffering, uh, I don't mean uh, physical suffering, although that's part of it, but it's recognizing that the self or the egoic self is illusory, and not to identify with it, because it's the cause of all our strivings, right? It's the cause of you desiring something like an ice cream cone, uh, or a piece of cake, and or you running away from uh, something that's unpleasant. And those are all egoic uh, wants and and desires. And, uh, you know, uh, and that actually uh, is why uh, I I started all of these companies is that well, what's uh, one other way of uh, uh, decreasing suffering in yourself is actually uh, decreasing physical suffering, which is why I started the whole field of uh, health optimization medicine, uh, which I know we will uh, discuss um, a little bit later. Uh, um, And people ask me, uh, what about decreasing suffering in others? And my answer to that is the same as, I think, Ramana Maharshi was the one who said that you must realize that there is no other. Uh, you know, you and other people are the same. So we, uh, uh, and and that's how I express my personal philosophy uh, about the things that I do, you know, degree decrease suffering myself and to degree suffering in others.
0: That's helpful. But uh, I have a quick question about that that just came to mind. When you talk about reducing suffering, are you, do you believe that your, um, goal is to reduce the total area under the curve of suffering over the course of your life, or to reduce it on a, some shorter period of time, like within a day or a moment?
1: Um, wow, you certainly picked up on our conversation last time.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, a reduction in suffering occurs moment to moment, right? Uh, if you are present at every moment, Right then, uh, because suffering occurs when you're always thinking about the future or ruminating about the past, right? You you get lost, uh, and and your attention basically gets hijacked by uh, you know your thoughts about the future or your uh, misgivings about the past, um, and so you're actually not you're ignoring the present moment all the time. So the, for me, decreasing suffering is not attaching to all of these uh, plans and and regrets, you know, at every moment in time, for which we find ourselves lost in for me, uh, getting lost in thought and not realizing that you are not the thought itself, right, you're just observing it, and just passing through you much like, you know, um, you see an apple or much like you hear a sound, thoughts are the same way, they just occur internally, and they just pass by, it's up to you whether or not uh, they will capture you. Or you actually uh, allow them to be uh, and and not act on them. So for me, that's a moment moment to moment awareness. uh that, that for for me, that if you're lost, then for me, that's suffering. Right. Um, there, there was a study uh, that was actually done that was uh, very interesting where they um, rated people on the happiness scale, like how happy are you? Um, based on and they were like pinging people on what they were doing at any particular time and they showed that that people with both even happy and unhappy thoughts you know uh, were both basically dissatisfied or unhappy and it was actually funny that a large number of people who were having sex were thinking about something else right mm. so uh, so th- th- and th- and this this for me is suffering if you cannot be um, uh, where you are and be totally uh, uh, within the present moment as it is then uh, that for me is a big source of uh, suffering and although that may have um, uh, you know some uh, Buddhist correlate in terms of in terms of teachings right uh, there's also uh, neuroscientific correlates of that. Uh, we know that the brain has a network called a default mode network, uh, and it also has what's called a, a central executive network, and this is being switched by uh, a network called the salience network. So, um, when the default mode network is on, which means that you know this is when you're not doing anything externally, it will default to that, and. This is usually the one that's uh, responsible for your ruminations, you know, this, your self stories and so on. And, um, this is why this is one of the, uh, things that are, that are actually addressed in depression, right? Uh, like, uh, for example, uh, the studies in psychedelics like psilocybin being able to, to, uh, decrease, uh, the default mode network activity, um, is uh, precisely to decrease these types of ruminations. Uh, they're also being tested in, in extinguishing um, the fear of uh, dying, right? Uh, it's because uh, these, these stories that we tell ourselves, they can engulf us and they think that we're them, but we're actually they're just stories that are playing uh, inside our heads and they're not our, they're not a self. The self is uh, illusory. And by illusory, I mean that it doesn't exist. I mean that it doesn't it isn't what it seems to be. Right, uh, mm-hmm. it's not what mm-hmm. it seems to be So it, the self is formed every time and when you latch onto that story as you or when you get lost in that story oh I was this abandoned child and so on and so forth if you keep on latching to the story you know that for me is suffering and yes. being able to identify those those uh, thoughts you know uh, being able to uh, uh, there's a saying that thoughts are like a, a river you know when you see the river you're out of it so uh, while you're in the river, of course, you don't you never see that you know you're actually uh, uh, treating your life as if it were a story, but it's not. You know your life story is your life story, but your life is different. You know mm. your life should be should be lived. Should is a very strong term, but uh, you you try to live your life in the present moment as much as you can.
0: Right, right. and I, you know, uh, you mentioned ego a few times, and I think last time we talked, you. Uh, ego is something that books have been written about. Um, you know, One recent one that kind of comes to mind is Ego is the Enemy um, mm-hmm. that people might have heard of. But you also have a different way of referring to that, which is the self-referential system.
1: Yes. Um, see, um, ego is a Freudian term, right? Uh, it's uh, one sense of self-importance, uh, which is why we say, you know, oh, he has a big ego, a small one, etc., uh, another way to take a look at it is that it's the sense of continuing uh, identity that the Jason Moore, when he was five years old, is still Jason Moore than he's now, but actually they're different, right? But from a neuroscientific point of view, uh, we know that the seat of the ego is the default mode network, which is referred to, I prefer to referring, refer, refer to it as a self-referential system. Right? because it's all about the me the story of me and it consists of the the uh the stories that you have in memory you know the associated emotions that you have your particular memories uh the way you have incorporated how you perceive yourself with how others perceive you for example your your father said you're a good boy and you're a role model to your younger brother and so on and so forth that's sort of like becomes uh, like this this uh, armor that uh, encases you, right, and and becomes a story that you tell to uh, other people, and that that for me is ego, but that's that's impermanent, right? That's, uh, that's just created ad hoc, and the way I like to explain it, it's like it's like the ego or the self-referential system is like a car that's assembled on the fly. So there is a wheel, you know, there are several, there, there are several wheels and there's a steering wheel, there's an engine, there's a car body, uh, and so on. But each time that you're, you're, uh, you have a self that's manifesting, right? Uh, like, uh, uh, default mode system is not that bad right? Because uh, anything that's made automatic is actually stored in the default mode system, right? For example, if you're a driver, then your driver self comes out, right? Uh, if you're a teacher, your teacher self comes out, and so on. Uh, but you know that these are just uh, assemblages of neural networks in the brain that fire up in a particular pattern, right? And the, the suffering there is uh, identifying yourself as the teacher or the driver or the father, you know, or the son and so on. When, when you get lost in that uh, and each one of those has their own story, of course, it's just like having a, a database, you know, with their memories oh. and, and and emotional states associated with it and you get lost in it. Then you're the expression. You're f- because then you're actually <laughs> lost. <laughs> you're actually lost in that story. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a, the whole uh, uh, process by by which I actually recommend um, mental gyms, like a, like a mental gym is like a, a meditation, right? Uh, uh, where the gym is inside you rather than going to a physical gym. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gym is inside you. Meditation is the exercise. There are various forms of, of meditation. There are the concentrative types where you concentrate on a sound or a flame or or uh, an object, uh, and so on. And uh, it's a spectrum all the way to uh, insight meditation or contemplative meditation where you ponder questions such as who am I or, or what am I, where am I going, what am I doing, uh, you know, these, these types of questions. And both types are, 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 uh, are valid. Um, it's, it's the, um, for example, when you use meditation, uh, as uh, to decrease your stress and hypertension, etc. That's again, you know, well, that's very useful, right? But that's again, the ego trying to appropriate it for itself and say, I'm going to use this stress this stress reduction so I could uh, be more productive, make more profits for my company and beat the other company to the ground. Um, so you, you see the, the dangers of what the self-referential system can do for you if you're latched onto the stories. Right, so so right now we are at the cusp of actually knowing. Uh, it will take a while, but uh, the research is uh, very rapid. Right, that um, that uh, we can see the neural correlates of where the seat of the ego is, where the seat of uh, consciousness is. So more or less, these things uh, have already been um, established to some degree. Right, so uh, so now you see, you know, uh, things like psilocybin studies uh, being shown. To, uh, decrease, uh, what's called the blood oxygen consumption of the default mode network, right? Uh, and so you, or, or um, microdoses of LSD, for example, can, can do that too. And they've shown the, the brain pathways, you know, that the areas in the brain that don't normally communicate because the ego sort of like is the, uh, keeps them in check, right? Are, because it's dampened, you could see all of this. Uh, uh, networks suddenly communicate with each other, and then you have um, out of the box solutions, right, uh, to particular issues that you're looking at. Uh, but for me, Jasons, I told you, you know, there's really no uh, out of the box solution because there is no box, right, mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> it's it's, <just> that the, <laughs> it's that your self referential system that's actually forming that wall always. So uh, for me, suffering is uh, this, you know uh, identifying with the stories that is told by each network that comes out, you know, that you're this, you're that, you're, you're a good parent, you're a this, and, you know, I would never do that because of this and that. And, you know, those are stories that you carry within yourself.
0: Mm. There's so much, Uh, so much that resonates with me in that, um, it's, something that I've seen myself doing, you know, Jason the podcaster or Jason the CEO or Jason the son, like you said, Jason the father. Um, and I think that this has been a really interesting way to frame this conversation um, because people might be thinking, well, how does this relate to anti-aging or how does this relate to, you know, metabolomics or some of the other topics that we uh, sort of framed? But I think that you know, one of the things that I really like to do is when when we talk about something is kind of understand why are we talking about this, right? And yeah. I, th- I think yeah. that this self-referential system and this reduction in suffering kind of helps frame the why very well for you personally, Dr. Ted, but also yes. to help other people think about their why as their, like, why do I care about anti-aging or why do I care about um, neuronal health optimization, uh, optimizing the brain, for example, um, or, or health for that matter. W- why do we even care about being healthy?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, yeah the, 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 you know, the body is a substrate for all of these things, right? Uh, uh, it, it's a substrate for, for, for example, the, uh, our, our bodies are the substrate for everything that manifests, our consciousness. For example, um, people have already presented several neural correlates of consciousness. And it's, it's, it arises, you know, from a re- purely reductionist point of view. If you want to maintain the empiricism of it, you know, it, it arises from, uh, from the complex activities of neural s- systems. I belong to the emergent camp, right? It, there is a, there is a actually, you know, uh, this is, becomes a property of uh, complex systems where one plus one equals 11 rather than one plus one equals two. Um, and I've worked on this uh, complex adaptive systems, you know, since uh, 30 years ago. Um, so the, uh, uh, for, for me, it's like y- um, there can be no uh, performance optimization You know without any health optimization for example if you want to maintain a performance in your brain right you want to optimize brain performance like your concentration your focus and everything else you must first optimize your health because it's the foundation for everything right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, once upon a time we didn't have any tools to examine uh you know what's going on inside the cell right it took 40 years for like clinical metabolomics to to basically mature as a mechanism to detect the metabolites inside cells. Now, metabolites are these uh, small molecule intermediates you know, uh, that are produced by the body in order to, to produce energy, for example. Um, and, and they need cofactors like your vin- vitamins and minerals and, and other uh, cofactors like lipoic acid, for example. Um, we used to just memorize this stuff uh, in medical school, right? Because we had no way of testing them but now we can test them. And instead of uh, just focusing on illness, which is the diagnosis and treatment of disease, now we can actually go into uh, the detection and correction of imbalances, right? And when people ask me, it's like, Dr. Ted, is vitamin E good for me? You know, there's there's no more quarrel about that. You can measure the levels. If you need it, we give it. If you don't, you don't. So, and this is already the the era of uh, personalized uh, medicine, right? Personalized supplementation and so on. And that's because uh, I cannot blame illness medicine because the technology wasn't there before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now that it is here, why don't we use it, right? To first optimize the health. And um, the way I, I think about this, Jason, is that everyone is just, wanting to boost your brain function or boost your heart function, or boost your muscular action, be a better athlete, or, you know, uh, be a better thinker, and, and you know, uh, uh, and, and so forth. So you could better lead your companies or better lead small groups or whatever. Um, but there's no one taking care of the fundamental cell, you know, every cell has you know, a nucleus, uh, mitochondria, the blacktomate reticulum, these are all the organelles inside the cell, right? Uh, The cell membranes, you know, uh, which are made up mostly of fats. No one took care of the basic cell. That's why I started uh, health optimization medicine for doctors and health optimization practice for uh, non-doctors in order to be able to take care of the fundamental cell, right? The red blood cell, for example, uh, used to have uh, mitochondria, but uh, you know they uh, are actually used to form the heme of uh, hemoglobin. You know many of us doctors forget that, um, but you know the, this fundamental cell exists throughout the body. So you have to take care of it first, right? Before you can actually uh, make sure that you ha- you can you can actually make sure that performance is actually boosted, because you'll end up like uh some that's why some supplements will work some supplements won't right it's because it depends on the level of how much imbalance do you have uh in these metabolites inside the body and we you know uh, just like it's a fractal of what's going on in inside the uh suffering jason like I like i tend to think of the world in terms of what is fractalized right what is repeated patterns mm-hmm. in the brain there's uh there's uh you know the default mode network which is your internal um, a story, right? And the uh, central executive network, which is your, your part of your task positive network, which is when you're concentrating outside, and you have a switch called the salience network that switches between them. So essentially, there's a balance between your, your default mode network and your, your central executive network that's maintained by a switch uh, in there called the salience network. In the same way, um, in, inside the cell, uh, there's also a balancing system because your metabolites are either anabolic, meaning they help build the cell, or catabolic. Uh, they, they help break down things, right? Like you're the trash inside your cell. Um, so there is um, a balance between uh, anabolism and catabolism, you know, according to the life cycle of an organism, is my definition of health, like health equals A plus B plus C. A is the absence of disease. B is the balance between anabolic and catabolic processes, according to C, the life cycle of organism. If you're a kid, right, then you have a lot more anabolic processes going on. If you're an old man, then you have a lot more catabolic processes mm-hmm. going on. And the goal of health optimization is to keep you in that balance uh, between anabolism and catabolism. Um, it's really a very simple process, Jason, because uh, you know I, I try just to bring your levels of hormones and nutrients to between your twenty, where you were twenty-one years old and thirty years old, but I bring them as a, an entire network. You know, uh, I cannot just give you testosterone singly, or I cannot just give you, you know, vitamin E singly, because all of these uh, are networked to each other, and they are uh, they they actually, if you touch one, the rest of the network will move, mm-hmm. right? And and so, uh, although it's a simple practice yeah a simple practice you need to have now the laboratories that can do the, those types of diagnostics and they they are available and they're increasing in number and we should use them. We should stop the guesswork you know uh, with all of these and part of the impetus when I started uh, health immunization and practice eleven years ago really is that there are so many burgeoning studies uh in subjects that have that are not being taught in medical schools until now you know um uh, one of the early things that I got known for is actually uh, the mitochondria, right? Uh, they are the uh, organelles inside your cell that produce energy. Um, the, the big uh, background here in evolution is that your mitochondria are actually bacteria that live in symbiosis in, inside your cells. So the average adult of 75 kilos would have about 100 quadrillion of this mitochondria powering each and every action of your body. Right. So these are these are organisms in themselves. They act like bacteria. They have circular DNA. They they uh, divide like bacteria, uh, and so on. And so you know, if, if you want more uh, more power, and people ask me, you know, how do I do this? Well, we have to take a look at what's what's the uh, uh, the uh, power engine of your body looking like, right? And mitochondria are derived from your mother, right? So. Um, when when the when the um, egg gets uh, fertilized, so essentially all of the mitochondria of the sperm are actually stripped away because they're used for swimming to power the the sperm for swimming. But when it fertilizes the egg, you know, uh, essentially the um, the it's the mitochondria of the mother that is there. Uh, you now come into issues like you know uh, uh, people would probably have heard about. The ethical issues of a uh, three-person in vitro fertilization, uh, where, uh, for example, if your wife or your your uh, significant other has faulty mitochondria, mm-hmm. right, and her egg is uh, so, what what they do now is that you have, um, you know, they take out out the egg, they put it in uh in an egg of another woman who's a, a donor. They take out her 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 nucleus, right? And put in your the, the mother's nucleus in there, and then fertilize it with the father's sperm. So essentially, you have a three person in vitro fertilization. So you see the importance of mitochondria uh, uh, in here, and no one's paying attention to this. And uh, now that people are paying attention to this, you know, we're using this for uh, all of these uh, different kinds of, of um, energy boosting. But more fundamental than that, you know, on a practical level, you know, um, for example, you could see the levels of your B vitamins, which are classified as your your um, uh, energy vitamins that, you know, before you would just guess, oh, you say, oh, they're water soluble. Anyway, you can pee them out, you can take as much as you want. But no, you know, we could be, we are able to actually see which ones you need. For example, you know, you might need more of, uh, tetrahydrofolate, and you might need more methylcobalamin, you know, more than the other B vitamins. So we can personalize this to you now. And that's just for mitochondria. And then there is microbiota, you know, uh, people are now taking all of these probiotics and prebiotics. And I hope your listeners know the difference, right, between prebiotics and probiotics. And uh, to put it simply, prebiotics are the food of your probiotics. Okay, so, uh, you know, probiotics are live, and uh, they are now, you know, if they are live bacteria, then they should be refrigerated. But there are now spore probiotics that are available, right, that you don't have to, Uh, you don't have to refrigerate. But even more so, you know, the the gut bacteria um, is basically, when I was a medical student, the largest immune system of the body was the bone marrow. Uh, Now we know that it's the gut, right? It's uh, actually the intestines because it's the bacteria that teaches your body what's foreign and not foreign. So one of the first things that I do uh, actually in, in health optimization is to balance your gut bacteria. Uh, you'll see there also the levels of what's called short chain fatty acids, right, which are produced by your gut bacteria. And one of the short chain fatty acids is actually butyrate, right? And those on a ketone diet would actually know what butyrate is. But these are naturally produced. The butyrate is naturally produced. Uh, it's a different. It's not beta hydroxybutyrate, but it's actually butyrate um, uh, that's that's produced by uh, by the uh, colon bacteria. And butyrate is the primary fuel of your colon cells. And it's generally accepted now in, in uh, illness medicine, you know, by uh, the gut doctors and um, uh, gastroenterologists and, 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 and colon surgeons, etc. that, you know, uh, low short-chain fatty acids such as butyrate or low even just low butyrate levels is correlated with a significantly higher uh, incidence of can of colon cancer. So we know all these things, and now we have the capacity to actually balance this. Uh, uh, these things we can we can take a look at your uh, stool and take a look at the uh, examine uh, what's in there in terms of your short chain fatty acids and um, uh, and so on. And uh, we could actually do like for example, if you have you have an overgrowth of certain bacteria over others, we can use like a natural antibiotics like oregano oil you know, um, to balance this out. And these are not guesswork, you know, um, essentially, these uh, natural antibiotics are tested against the potentially pathogenic bacteria in your gut. So uh, granted, there are many questions uh, about this in terms of their efficacy and so on and so forth. But uh, Jason, I have a more pragmatic view towards these things. It's the best that right, we have, right? Right. It's the best that we have. So let's use them now. Uh, the one thing that has come under fire is I I'll also use uh, like your food sensitivity um, um, a, a test, right? That uses uh, immunoglobulin 4. And I tell people, have you tried it? You know, because you beat it against the wall, but have you tried it? And have you tried removing the, the things that, are, that the client or patient are sensitive to uh, for six months and see what happens to them? You know, uh, for me, a simple uh, from experience of uh, over a decade of doing this is a, a simple removal of the things that you're sensitive to, no matter what level, if it's plus five over five or plus one over five, um, even just for a period of six months, you know, um, the, the, the women, for example, come back to me after a month, and they're showing their new wastes because uh, the inflammation of the intestines have mm. gone down. Significantly, right? Uh, and so their waist sizes decrease. And it's not because of the body fat, it's actually because the intestines are so uh, inflamed from this, right? So we, you could also see uh, very clearly from the gut test whether or not you have a leaky gut, meaning the lining of your intestines are actually porous for, for all of these um, toxins to be able to come in. And what's really bad in, in that situation is that the body mistakes these uh, toxins as they come in you know, they see it, oh, a fragment of it looks like mine, and uh, it looks like mine here, it looks like a, a self. Um, and so what it does is it develops antibodies towards, um, uh, uh, towards that segment, right? And then not really fully knowing that there's also segments of it that are present in your body, so that's the beginning of autoimmune disease. So one of the things that you do when you're encountering an autoimmune disease and it's being handled by, uh, by an immunologist and also also being handled by you is uh, to make sure that um, you know you 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 take away you you fix the leaky gut first right uh, in, in in clients so these are not taught in medical school right these are newer things then there's a whole science of epigenetics which has uh, actually you uh, having a crescendo this year. Last year, it was microbiota. Previous years it was mitochondria. In other words, everything that I placed in my model 11 years ago, Jason, they're, they're just like you know, beginning to gain momentum in the last few years. And, and that's why the practice. Uh, so so um, epigenetics is actually quite uh, interesting because these are the changes um, that are outside of your uh, genes, right, that can be passed on to your offspring. Uh, an example for this is that there are there's a, a place it, there's a casing of the DNA and these are called the casings called histones, right? And there are portions of it where you can attach molecules, uh, say a molecule like a methyl group. Uh, just just imagine them as like these markers, right? From this point to this point, you know this looks like a cancer gene. You know stop them stop this uh, cancer gene from um, uh, essentially expressing itself. Right, so um, uh, you you can see uh, uh, the you know my my favorite uh, slide of epigenetics is actually when a mother smokes during pregnancy, she affects three generations herself. You know, her uh, unborn daughter and the uh, ova or the eggs of her unborn daughter. So you see it affecting three generations because that pathway of epigenetics, which is non uh, not genetically. Um, uh, determined is uh, can actually be passed on, right, as a permanent writing on the, uh, the expression of genes. But what's more scary is uh, the emergence of what's called epigenetic clocks. Meaning, uh, it's like a uh, the way uh, I like the way David Sinclair uh, talks about it. He says it's just like you know a, a tooth. Like over time, it will have plaques developing in it, and what you do in epigenetics is to uh, uh, give uh, supplements or substances that will actually remove the plaque to restore the tooth to its useful uh, state. And so these clocks are a measure of how much plaque you have accumulated, oh. right, in, inside your cells. So um, the one, the classic one, is the one by, uh, that was given by uh, Horvath, called the Horvath clock, right? It determines your time, uh your 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 actual age from birth. So uh you know so this is chronological your your age from birth and how much uh, crud you have accumulated uh based on the population that you're you're looking at. So it's a, a little bit better measure than the telomere test, right? I'm sure someone has discussed the telomere test with your uh, mm-hmm. listeners before.
0: Yeah, the length of
1: telomeres uh, and uh, that,
0: the relativity of that to what you might call biological age
1: yes uh yeah i'm for example uh i'm 58 and my telomere age is 32 right uh i'm still not there where my optimal is which is between 21 to 30 but hey i'll take it right so um the, but that's a uh, telomere age but uh, here now we have the epigenetic clocks like a Horvath clock, right and a uh, recent study last year uh shows like uh, a year of uh, treatment with like uh, DHEA, growth hormone, uh, vitamin D, zinc, uh, you know, um, uh, and uh, metformin uh, actually for a year uh, moved the Horvath clock younger by two and a half years chronologically. So we're coming up with studies like these that are, uh, you know, and the um, wonderful uh, thing about this is that it's highly related to aging, right? Uh, Aubrey de Grey, uh, you know, who everyone knows in, in uh, gerontology, um, is uh, uh, actually said that you know we should consider uh, aging as uh, uh, aging as, as this uh, uh, process that happens from birth all the way uh, onwards, right? But and uh, the more important thing that he says is that chronic diseases. Uh, we should treat them as mere signs and symptoms of aging, right? So your diabetes is a sign and symptom of aging. Heart disease is a sign and symptom of aging, you know, and, and so on. And uh, what uh, David Sinclair is saying with his information theory of aging is that can we move? Can we move the age of the cells younger so that it never uh, manifests itself with too much crud or too much plaque? Uh, it, to To so that you never manifest the signs and symptoms of aging, which are the chronic mm. diseases, mm-hmm. right? And uh, as of now, we're actually showing that yeah, it's actually possible even without the use of stem cells, right? That that you could actually uh, you could actually do this. Uh, what's more scary is uh, what's called the Grim Age Clock, right? Which is the time to you can predict the time to your first heart attack, the time to your first cancer, or in general terms, time to your first morbidity, and you know, I, I basically remember this as a time to death, right? Um, although it has not yet been commercialized, the Horvath clock has been commercialized, it has not been uh, commercialized. Um, the premise is actually quite interesting, in that they put in the, the uh, smoking, uh, the data, the heart data of uh, in the Framingham heart uh, study of 2500 patients, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they put in their, their, uh, their uh, data in there and use artificial intelligence you know, to see uh, what happens. And they showed that they were able to predict when these uh, patients were able to oh, were, had their first heart attack or had their first stroke, had uh, occurrence of cancer and so forth. But what they realized too is uh, really something uh, uh, interesting is that they could generalize to the public, even to non-smokers. So, um, you know, uh, uh, this, this type of plot. So these are, you know, these studies are just done last year and no one's teaching this in medical school. And so I thought, you know, this, these are topics that I would like to cover when you are uh, using health optimization medicine practice because you're not doing repair, right? And I, I believe that the future challenge to illness medicine doctors where I once was is like, okay, how is your drug therapy, you know, uh, uh, moving me farther away right, from death, right, right. you know? Uh, or how is, your, how is your drug therapy moving me farther away from my first stroke or my next stroke or, you know, or my next heart attack? And, you know, they are unaware of it, but these clocks are, are going to be uh, very important in the future, right? Um, uh, and, and the future is already partly here now, right? Uh, for
0: Well, therapy. yeah, and it's, uh, it's something um, that, like you said, uh, some people, uh, yourself included, can sometimes be a decade or two ahead of the future in the sense of what your research and writings cover. Um, And your exposure to math and technology and AI um, gives you somewhat of an edge, I would say, on that. Um, I do remember a quote that you said something about um, when you were working on a project um, that was uh, related to MIT and related to mathematical equation. You can probably fill in the gaps on my story here, but basically that um, you were a physician at the time and they said, what does this doctor know about math?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, That was the response to my my book by, you know, one of the giants in artificial intelligence, Uh, you know, and uh, an apology was issued uh, Ten years later, but you know, there, my career in neural networks was already ruined by that assessment, right? So, um, it, it, well, <laughs> you know, that's that's how that's.
0: <laughs> I'd like to highlight real quick, though, that um, you know, we've gone on a journey already here. From at the very beginning, uh, I think listeners can probably uh, appreciate the sentiment here that we were talking about things that um, some people might be. Consider to be somewhat intangible, somewhat soft um, and abstract, which is like the ego, the self-referential system, things like that, and some of the whys uh, in reducing suffering. And then very quickly, we went through a series of stories that, you know, in a way, Doctor Ted, I have to say, you you make it sound like they're so obviously connected, but. Um, there are many in the world that uh, this may be the first time they hear about the connection between these things, such as gut bacteria, mitochondria being um, similar to bacteria uh, and that relationship with that and the immune system and autoimmunity, the fact that we can measure the state of the biome in our gut, uh, which gut is not just the thing you get punched in, right? Uh, We're talking about the full. End to (laughs) end intestinal tract and uh, all of the bacteria and other things that happen in there. Um, Inflammation and weight. Yeah.
1: No, I'm, I'm, yeah. Because I'm sure that many of your listeners are, you know, biohackers, uh, one Mm -hmm. point or the other. And the way um, I'm presenting it now for people who know what biohacking is, is that you need to have a framework for your biohack. You know where are you going to hang your hat? For example, when you're doing uh, light therapy, mm-hmm. where does that go? Right? Uh, when you're trying to avoid glyphosate in food, you know where does that go? Uh, when you're trying to to uh, to uh, optimize your sleep, you know where does that go? Um, you know when you're trying to to uh, to see you know whether or not you're predisposed to one disease or the other, you know what particular Science is that in, and you know that's why uh, a lot of listeners you know usually get surprised who are biohacking. Finally, finally said, oh, you know, there's actually a framework called health optimization medicine and practice that actually does this. You know, so uh, so that all of these things are actually taking care of the the fundamental cell or the basic cell that's within the body, which we have neglected for uh, really a long period of time. Not not because we uh, we really neglected them, uh, you know, but because we didn't at the time we didn't have the technology mm-hmm. to do so. But now that we do, uh, we should pay attention and to use it as quickly as possible, right? Uh, my example, for example, if you're eating organic food and you're eating, you know, all of these um, more expensive uh, food that are uh, uh, well grown and you know who the grower is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, in fact, my joke to my uh, clients and patients who say, "Oh my God, Doctor Ted, this is so expensive," and what I tell them is like, "Hey, you know, either you pay a higher uh, amount now, a price now for your for your food, or you pay everything in lump sum in the mm-hmm. ICU later." You know, that you take and your and <laughs> um, and yeah, and more and and for for food, for example, uh, a lot of people have been. Uh, talking about glyphosate and, and toxins in food and, you know, uh, seeing, for example, from my cases, uh, rise in heavy metals, particularly mercury levels and, and and so on, right? How do we test for those? Uh, and the second, the second thing is, what do we do about it, right? And there's an entire science, and people don't know this, right? That uh, there's a human exposome database. And then exposomics is a science where it determines all of your exposure to everything since you were in your mother's womb. For example, uh, an example that is your, mo- if, if your mother was drinking during uh, pregnancy, then there's a condition called the fetal alcohol syndrome, right? And the earth gives off its own x-rays and, you know, and you pass through x-rays. And time- so all of these are actually recorded in your system, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, if you take a look, uh, the World Health Organization, in fact, has a database, uh, a human exosome database, uh, specifically directed towards, you know, uh, uh, cancer, right? So uh, all of these databases are, are known to people, but the most uh, are, are not known to people because the most known database is the human genome database. Because my, uh, my cry has, um, uh, you know, my, my lament rather has always been that, Um, we have become too DNA centric, you know, because everyone's focused on the DNA, no one's focusing on anything else. For the metabolites, you know, there's a human metabolome database, you know, um, and uh, uh, as I keep on making a joke, you know, um, if you're only thinking of uh, beta-hydroxybutyrate, you know, as a, or propionate as, as, as a, uh, the two metabolites, uh, because that's what you know about the ketogenic diet. There are ninety-two thousand other metabolites, <laughs> right? Uh, in, in, in 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 the database. Uh, know that you're only addressing two, and these metabolites are networked with each other, right? And um, uh, you know, short of uh, the toxins, you know, you have your your um, you know, when you uh, when you lack sleep, for example, your uh, inflammatory cytokines, are the molecules that cause that uh, initiate cascades of inflammation, molecular inflammation in your body, they rise. You know, they're part of your metabolome. They, those can be detected, right? You, you see that, that lack of sleep will do this to you. Uh, whereas before, uh, it was like, oh, okay, here are the beneficial aspects of sleep. But now you know you could actually see, you know, that the inflammatory cytokines are actually rising. Um, as, you know, the more you get sleep deprived, the more inflamed your body gets. You know, I know this because, as someone who is, uh, uh, you know, jet lagged most of the time, you know, as I told you, Jason, previously, heaven for me is being in the same time zone, you know, uh, for at least two weeks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's uh, and, and, and that's why, uh, I, you know, and, and when I come back from uh, practice in Asia, for example, I stayed here for four weeks and came back here. You know, I basically would have gained five pounds, and not all of those are actually from from uh, food weight, food gained weight, but rather from the inflammation uh, that my body is uh, undergoing. Right? Inflammation is an anabolic process. Right? Uh, it's not catabolic like people assume it to be. Inflammation is an anabolic process because you have to form all the cells that are actually going to fight the, the quote unquote uh, uh, stimulus. For for right, stress right? right? Uh, and 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 chronobiology is that aside from the fact that, for example, if you're optimizing your brain, right? Uh, you know that memory consolidation or what you learn during the day is actually uh, uh, consolidated in your brain at night. Uh, when I was in college, uh, people were always laughing at me because I. I, I I have a fantastic memory, but I slept all the time, <laughs> right? And what I usually did was I would, I would study something and I would take a nap and study something and take a nap. And what I didn't know then that I was actually consolidating my memory in those snaps, right? Um, so so uh, that's, that's uh, you know, we uh, in, in chronobiology, there are so many uh, other things that uh, were beginning to unravel, you know, uh, right, right now, is it really the blue light blocking that we should do? Or, you know, is it something else uh, that's there? Uh, so we now have blue blue light blockers and, and so on and so forth. Again, if you're a biohacker, if you don't have these frameworks, like where does this fall into? You're just doing one thing after the other without knowing that you could actually hang this in one of the seven pillars of health optimization, right? right? And then... Um, Yeah, in in, uh, the last pillar is actually evolutionary medicine. And evolutionary medicine was actually, it's relatively new. It started in 1990s. And um, uh, it asks the question, you know, why do we Mm. get sick, right? Uh, And, uh, you know, we have a natural predisposition to getting sick. And uh, one of the things that that we do in illness medicine, for example, um, is... When when a person has fever, for example, from, uh, say, an infection, um, what the body does is that it actually uh, has a fever and a, you have a high grade fever because most of the bacteria and viruses cannot survive high temperatures, right? For us, uh, it is uh, basically a pain or inconvenience for the patient. Right? But for the body, it's one of the mechanisms which it tries to heal right, itself, right? right, When you sprain your ankle, for example, you, you'll develop an inflammation around it and there's swelling, and the swelling mm-hmm. is equivalent to a cast, right? So the question here is how much are you going to, for example, give a painkiller to a person uh, who fractured his ankle, right? because that that's meant to rest the leg so you don't socialize to rest the to rest your foot so you don't socialize and you don't mo- mobilize it way too much you know we put them in a cast we're basically just copying what nature does but how much should we do it and that's an interesting problem because um, it's focused on illnesses right? it's fo- on diseases but health optimization medicine you ask ask another question is we're not a what you know uh, or a why, we're a how because we're a clinical practice, right? We're not we're not a research practice or clinical practice. Like, how do we get healthy? Mm, is right. the question that we ask in evolutionary medicine, right? So, uh, so what you know, uh, how do how do we detect imbalances inside your cells? How do we correct them? You know, according to to uh, all of these principles of, of balancing. I said, it's very simple. You know, we bring you back to your levels to when you're between 21 and 30. And the nice thing about it is that we make no claims, right? If your blood pressure goes down, if your diabetes gets better, et cetera, those are beneficial side effects. And we let your illness medicine doctor take the credit for that, right? Um, all we do is just balance you that way. So um those are, those are the seven pillars. You know, we started with clinical metabolomics, which does the detection and, uh, of, of uh, the imbalances. And then you have your mitochondria for your uh, energy metabolites. You have your uh, gut microbiota for your gut metabolites. And by the way, m- microbiota is not only of the gut. You know, you have your micro- natural microbia, microbiota in the cornea. Uh, when we were in medical school, urine was supposed to be sterile, but now we find out that... <laughs> you know, there is a resident bacteria in the ureters, you know, uh, we used to think that the placenta was sterile, now they could measure that there's bacteria in the placenta, you know, so many things have changed, right, um, for epigenetics, and, you know, we, yeah, and this is the reason why, this is the connection, why your stress reduction mechanisms, like your meditation, your exercise, etc., they all go, the food that you eat, etc., they all go into your epigenetics, right, right? Uh, You know um, how how uh, uh, the genes uh, that are not beneficial for you can actually be halted or silenced. You know, uh, an example for this is just because you have a breast cancer gene, doesn't mean that it's a it's a breast cancer sentence for you, right? There are things that the you could you could actually follow in terms of your lifestyle in order to hopefully keep that breast cancer gene silenced.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, Um, there's a big difference between. predisposition and a guarantee <laughs>
1: yeah and a guarantee. it's true uh and then there's of course exposomics are the toxins including phototoxicity i mean you know we we've, we've uh, created these environments where uh the light is on at 24 7 right not just uh, in food not just in in the uh in the drinks that we have uh and uh, food supply chain and and so on. You know, EMF is part of the exosomics How much uh, exposure do you have to like elect- electromagnetic fields, right? And then um, you go to you know chronobiology, which is uh, uh, your sleep and sleep cycles. And knowing that is framed within you know you have a that's a circadian rhythm or within day, and there are infradian rhythms and ultradian rhythms. You know, uh, ultradian is like the smaller ones, like the the beating of the heart, the cycles of the beating of the heart, of your breath, you know, they're, they're infradian rhythms, don't they go on for, for months. Um, an example of, uh, of that is, for example, women actually have their monthly cycle, right? Uh, so that's not circadian, right? But it was just recently discovered, like, I think, five or six years ago, that men actually have a testosterone uh, cycle, uh, which is 14 days long, on the average, so Interesting. Uh, essentially, uh, essentially, you're horny twice. I'm I'm kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> so, which argues for having two girlfriends, right? So, um, uh, anyway, <laughs> naturally,
0: naturally, <laughs>
1: uh, naturally. But 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 uh, anyway, um, uh, you know, we we're finding out all, all of these things about us. They're naturally known, right? Uh, um, you know, I was uh, talking to to someone when I said, you know, uh, women don't even know it, but uh, you know, as, as as far as uh, ten years ago, it was already uh, uh, shown that if you are single and you want to get laid, and and you're uh, close to your menstrual period, so you're highly fertile, right? And you go out to a bar, and you will uh, subconsciously, and with, this is without your knowledge, you're actually programmed to wear a dress that's shorter and shows more skin, right? Wow. And your and your man of choice will be a more dangerous guy not someone that you're you're gonna bring home to mom right so, uh, so and and that's that's the effect of us of uh, these hormones and so on how they affect our behavior so ultimately uh, what I'm saying here is that all of these things that we're balancing here ultimately have an effect on your behavior and your perspective towards things right um, we were talking about brain boosting agents right and And when you take a look at the brain you can take a look at the metabolites of the neurotransmitters and neurotransmitters are these molecules that allow your brain to communicate right you have excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamine for example that is uh, is responsible for as it says you know um, exciting the brain there are inhibitory neurotransmitters like gaba uh, you know uh, which puts brakes on the brain and It's actually very interesting. There was a study, maybe three years ago. It was actually a funny study, but it was uh, seriously done. Uh, They found out that Republicans or more conservative voters have a lot more GABA in their brains, you know, and Democrats, (laughs) you know, uh, had less GABA in their brains, and you know, and so, so I said, well, you know, if people would just understood what these studies were saying, it's like even your voting behavior is actually influenced by the neurotransmitters in your brain.
0: Who's in control here? Now
1: that we, (laughs) yeah, well, um, a friend of mine who's an expert on mitochondria, uh, he actually started the World Mitochondria Society. Actually, lectures on the microbiota now. He said, you know, um, you know, uh, you know. He said, microbiota are God. (laughs) You know. (laughs) He said, we we are we are only tenants in this body. (laughs) It's a. It's a funny way of saying it in a, in, you know in this is uh, in a serious lecture but if you come to think of it there are many things that are actually being done by uh, uh, by all of this bacteria in us and which uh, actually leads me to discuss uh, what's called uh, a new term for for your listeners a holobiont uh, perspective holobiont is you treat your body as an ecosystem of organisms, right? Rather mm. than Jason Moore, the person, it's an ecosystem of organisms that are cooperating with each other, right? So when you do that, then it's easier to treat your gut microbiota as an organ of your body rather than something that's foreign to you.
0: Uh, right? Okay. Holobiont. Uh, it, H-O-L-O-B-I-O-N-T yeah. for those that want to look it up.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, and for me, this is a perspective of health optimization, right? Uh, so you take a look, for example, your the, the regular cell inside your body is called a somatic cell, right? And it's actually two organisms in evolution. One is called an anaerobic organism or an organism that uh, produces energy without oxygen. And as the oxygen levels in the environment rose during evolution, you know, they came into symbiotic relationship with uh, your mitochondria, which are able to produce uh, energy with oxygen around. And therefore, you have those two organisms already in relationship with each other, right? So if you take a look, we are actually an ecosystem of organisms. So that's the perspective that we have here. And we take a look at how they relate to each other in a network. So my studies have been on, you know, uh, I, 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 I gave the first connectome for C. elegans, and, uh, you know, and that's the connections in the network. So I have had always this network view, uh, you know, uh, it, it, all the way to spirituality that uh, we are all one. It's a that's a network view. Right. So um, uh, what we do inadvertently has an effect on. On on others, you know, uh, uh, if 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 you want more profit for your company and you're dumping toxins in the ocean, ultimately that will affect someone else who's actually uh, you know going to be uh, in in that ocean. So for the they're dependent on the fish and everything else that, that the, they're they're um, uh, going to eat, right? So everything is is connected to everything else, and uh, it, that's the that's the body, that's uh, the Holobean system. If you take a look at it from a bigger perspective, is where illness medicine operates. They treat the the uh, the uh, body as a single organism, right? And then right. there are populations of us, right? The populations of us, and there are various species of a population in the ecosystem, which we call the world or your immediate environment and your far environment. So that's that's uh, that's the point of view there. That's why. Uh, for example, for a drug to work, or, you know, you need to have all of these randomized controlled trials, because it has to work across a population, right? Uh, however, when you're dealing with health, you are, are going to deal with the ecosystem of organisms within one person. That's why this is more of a customized thing, mm, right? right? You need to get what's what, what you need, you want, because you are the ecosystem itself, right, uh, you're the ecosystem itself. Right? so And that shift in perspective is very important. Uh, it's something that needs to be uh, gotten by illness medicine doctors, that we're not operating on the same level, uh, right? We are not uh, operating on what will prevent you from getting sick. Rather, we're operating is what's optimal. Right? And the way to exemplify that is the recommended dietary allowance, Right, uh, or uh, they're known as other acronyms in other countries, like RENI and uh, and so on. Uh, it's it's uh, like these are uh, these are survival values.
0: Right, right. Know? So we're but, talking about uh, like how much vitamin B you should get in a day, or how much um, fat or sugar or things like yeah, that. The RDA yeah, uh, yeah. recommendations.
1: Yes, and, and that's just for you to be able to survive, right? But we're talk, what we're talking here. Is optimal values, you know what values is, uh, are necessary for optimal function, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the brain, uh, you know, uh, for the brain, for example, you you take a look at at the, your levels of say your dopamine, which is responsible for focus, serotonin, which is responsible for your happy feelings, you know, um, uh, norepinephrine, which is uh, responsible for your wakefulness or alertness. You could actually say you are an athlete and you see you know uh, you could actually see why your athlete uh, isn't able to focus right uh, why you know because your dopamine level is very low uh, for one reason or the other uh, or, or why you're or why you're actually getting depressed and you see that the body knows how has a wisdom on how to compensate. You see those people who claim that they never get depressed, and if you check their the metabolites of their serotonin, it shows that they're overusing the serotonin because the body is compensating for the fact it's continuously trying to keep you away from uh, a depressive state, right, mm. or a sad state mm-hmm. by. By overusing that, and you should support that when you see that you should support that with uh, additional precursors of serotonin, like five HTP, for example. So, so when you balance that, is you know you actually can already gain a lot of performance by just having uh, you know uh, a balanced set of neurotransmitters so when we're talking about neuronal health optimization. Um, but w- so you know, uh, uh, I think. Um, uh you know jason that i, I uh, created a uh blue canatine right which is a a nootropic a nootropic is something that boosts your performance and i always say that it works so much better if you have a health optimized body and brain first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right um because you know um, you're going to push your body your brain into extra performance Right, but if if the proper levels of neurotransmitters aren't there, you're basically taxing uh, your engine, right? right. Uh, because it doesn't have it doesn't have the right level of oil, it doesn't have the right temperature, and so on and so forth.
0: Well, and I, um, I, I want to add so, to that, like um, basically, actually, I want to ask you a little bit more about blue canadine, but I want to use a sort of analogy that I like to to use, which is that if you're taking a pre-workout supplement, you know, like people a lot of times mm-hmm. have heard of whether it's caffeine based or some other type of pre-workout to kind of give you energy for your workout. Um, if you're doing that, but you're not eating well otherwise, then basically it's uh, it's like driving with your foot on the brake and the gas at the same time, right? So yeah. you're, you're basically exactly. boosting yourself while also riding the brakes with uh, the other foot. And eventually, you know, for one, you're gonna be wasting a ton of energy and um, getting maybe a temporary boost from that gas pedal, but you're gonna probably burn through your brakes and mess up a bunch of other things in the car. So um, getting the basics right first is very important.
1: Yeah, well, look, Jason, uh, take a look at these bodybuilders, right? at the time that they're actually showing their bodies on stages, like in October or something, when the, you know, the whole, the whole pageantry goes is they're at their weakest.
0: Mm, mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm.
1: Um, they're at the weakest, you know, they get catch colds. They, uh, uh, they get sick very quickly. Um, uh, and so on. That's, that's, that's because they actually, uh, uh have done, uh, several things themselves. Wh- they overclock their anabolics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Either they're using, you know, uh, uh, synthetic steroids and, and so on and so forth. Uh, then suddenly, your anabolic catabolic balance is just really way too much, right? And so you push your body towards anabolism. There is no energy left uh, because the energy is allocated in your body. If, if you're pushing your body to grow uh, with, say, testosterone and uh, a few other uh, substances there uh, to make your muscles grow. That energy for anabolism will be placed to anabolism, and therefore there will be less energy available for you to produce the immune cells that you need to protect yourself. Right. And as you know, the, the body spends an inordinate amount of energy in its immune system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, to to defend itself. So, uh, and and uh, for example, and 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 uh, using and that energy is actually you know it's derived from your mitochondria, right. And if you're, for me, the the way I describe a a mitochondrial, uh, if you're mitochondrial inefficient, it's it's just like having a blackout, you know, in the city where uh, there are no services that can can be performed, right? Uh, uh, Your garbage won't be collected, you know, uh, uh, and and therefore you can get like uh, things like uh, Alzheimer's because, you know, their toxic waste cannot be cleared out. You know so all of these things um, uh, happen when you just take a look at even even just on uh, your phone you know where you see uh, your low batteries being essentially after that you become useless it's the same thing when we overuse our say you overuse your power uh, viewing your porn videos or whatever
0: so <laughs> as um, one does
1: so <laughs> so, um, so uh, when you do that so essentially you're pushing your body say in, in an anabolic state uh, the energy has to be diverted somewhere, right, uh, from somewhere, and th- that will, you, you, so your body's capacity to, for defense will actually be lower. That's why I always say there's no uh, performance optimization anywhere of the brain, of your muscles, with, uh, you know, uh, of your heart or anything like that, um, without actually uh, uh, optimizing your health, right? And what I advocate there uh, is uh, for, for people th- who don't like to get tested, um, uh, you know, or don't have the resources to get tested for their metabolite levels and, you know, um, their stool and their food sensitivity uh, and so forth, is, uh, you know, you can do this by lifestyle. Uh, seriously, as you said, your nutrition is one of them. You know, um, uh, the, the one thing that um, my clients and patients usually can do. If they cannot control what they're eating, is to control the time they eat. Mm, right. right? Yeah. Eleven years ago, I actually uh, from the studies that twelve hours of fasting is sufficient for for you to form new mitochondria or new batteries inside your cell. You know, I started uh, telling that to my clients. You know, after what five years, intermittent fasting became <laughs> the vote. It's like, yeah, you know, this is really quite funny. Um, but uh and the studies are now 12 to 16 hours and so on and you make it practical right uh so if you're going to do intermittent fasting i call it instead of fasting i call it a a feeding window right because it doesn't feel more deprived Mm -hmm. right you're not fasting you have a feeding window uh to shorten the feeding window from like 12 hours uh you know to 10 hours and then Uh, to eight hours, Uh, like for me, for example, I eat a very fatty meal at noon, you know, uh, that's to extend my carbohydrate fast, right? And I need, I I actually uh, eat a high fiber uh, carbohydrate uh, meal at around four o'clock, right? Um, And and, and people uh, should distinguish between a low carb diet and Uh, a low net carb diet Mm, it's very mm -hmm, important interesting right right? um because yes and and that's what i actually hate when people say low carb low carb (laughs) what you know is it a low net carb you think you know low net carb means that i I encourage people to have high fiber diets right and high fiber is fiber Mm -hmm. is carbohydrate right but the amount of uh of energy that's extractable from a high fiber Foods is very much lower, so in the end, you know, you have to subtract the insoluble fiber from those that can provide you energy, and thus those are your net carbohydrates. So you you can still be consuming a high carbohydrate diet, a high fat diet, right? But your carbs are uh, low net carb, and people don't understand this distinction, and it frustrates the hell out of me. Right, that, that, that people, that uh, even even doctors or uh, not even doctors, are coaches who are, who are supposed to know this, you know, uh, don't explain this to their clients. Um, and then uh, my last meal, of course, is a proteinaceous one, like a steak or fish or something like that at, at dinner. And I never sleep, you know, uh, within three hours of eating. I sleep, uh, you know, three hours after because it takes about three hours for mm-hmm, your stomach to mm-hmm. empty. Right. Uh, so if you sit upright and so on, so these are very simple things. We know these things, they have been there, if they're taught even to illness medicine doctors, but we never seem to apply it in our daily lives, you know? Uh, and then, uh, I have what's called your sleep. You know, I have what's called my, um, my, I devised, uh, the sleep anchoring technique where you anchor your, your day at the beginning, uh, from the time that you sleep rather than from the time that you wake up. So that it's the first thing on your schedule, ah, okay, sleep, interesting. right? And then the, you're, yes, uh, because then you won't skimp on sleep, right? Because if the first thing that you do psychologically, right. then you will make <laughs> time for it, right? Rather than, putting it at, <laughs> rather than putting it at the end of the day, you know, when you put it at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, I can skimp on sleep, so I can finish our activity. But you say, this is my first activity, you won't skimp on it.
0: Mm, I like that. I've uh, actually never heard that, and I think yeah, small it's, it's, as as far as hacks go, productivity little hacks, so to speak, like that, actually have the biggest ripple effect, in my opinion. Um, in as far as how they fit into kind of the bigger picture, but no, uh, sorry, continue. That's pretty pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a you know it's a chaos theory, right? You know, uh, the flapping of the butterfly's wings in 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 the desert of Sonora produces a hurricane in the Pacific. And what are these little levers that you can push and pull that has a big impact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know whether or not you've heard this, uh, Jason, but uh, I like to tell the story of uh, the Buddha and the Guru. Uh, so the Buddha and the Guru were walking at the bank of Enlightenment River, and in the middle was Enlightenment Island, right? So the Guru said to the Buddha, you know, Buddha, I spent 30 years at Levitation Island uh, uh, practicing, so now I could just walk on water and reach Enlightenment Island, right? And the Buddha said to the Guru, well, 30 years, that's such a long time. You know, and so difficult. Why did you do that? So the ferry, the ferry to the island, costs only one cent. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I am, I am after these one cent solutions. You know, how can we do this smarter, not harder? Which is the name of my company, by the way, that produces uh, the the transcriptions uh, brand like Blue no uh, nootropic. Right. So. Um, and ultimately, uh, you
0: know, that's the, the final currency, I believe, that we uh, have identified as time. And that's why we're interested in anti-aging. That's why we're interesting in, interested yeah. in um, reducing suffering because time spent suffering is time spent uh, that we could have been not suffering. <laughs> and,
1: yeah. Well, uh, um, I, I, I think I gave you an advice, right? Uh, I said, let's not count. Let's not measure our days by the goals that we keep, but rather how much presence we spend with other people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, for example, uh, you have a daughter, you know, you're, you're with your daughter, you're present with your daughter. When you're with your wife, you're present with your wife. When you're with employees, you're present with them. You know, uh, when we, you're in particular situations, you be present the situation. You know, don't be at the future or don't be at the past. You know, you, right. you focus yourself at the present moment. Uh, and, you know, um, so the 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 uh, the clinging, the 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 elimination of clinging or the removal of clinging occurs moment by moment. If you fail, then there's the next moment to do it, right? Right. Um, and you never beat yourself up for it. But if you, your measure becomes that, how much presence did you give, you know, during the day in all of your activities? Then you let go of your attachment to the goals at hand, right? And since you're present. More likely than not, they're going to be accomplished so much better than you imagine them to be. Right. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: That's, your, uh, your
1: full attention.
0: Th- that's something that's been, I think I mentioned to you as well, resonating with me recently as the company has been growing and more things have been pulling my attention in different directions. Um, yeah, just the quality of attention seems to. Be directly correlated with the outcome that you're seeking um and i do like the smarter not harder concept and uh the one yeah cent we're
1: s- not a condom company by the way <laughs> right
0: <laughs> <laughs> you well, well maybe you could break down that company because you know i think a, lo- <laughs> a lot of our listeners can really appreciate the concept of, of looking for the one cent solution because you know it uh there, when we talk about brain optimization or neural health optimization, neuronal health, um, health optimization in general, um, uh, tools like meditation come up frequently, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. things like mindfulness, and those are all great tools. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they have their different pros and cons uh, when taken into the context of our modern world. Um, but you have Mm -hmm. developed some other tools that you use and that you help other people use. And, uh, some of that comes under the umbrella of smarter, not harder. And so maybe you could walk us through, you've mentioned blue canatine and things like that. What are some of those tools and why, why?
1: Right. So, uh, okay. Um, you know, um, health optimization, medicine and practice, uh, you know, you can, uh, your viewers can. Uh, your listeners can uh, actually see it at homehope.org. It's a nonprofit in order to teach uh, the practice of health optimization using the seven pillars, right, uh, of health optimization. And if you want to help yourself and then help other people, then there is a pathway for you to get certified to do that. And that's nonprofit, you know, uh, I sponsor it with my own funds. And then uh, uh, Smarter Not Harder is actually a company um, that I, I started in order to support the uh, the nonprofit, right? Uh, to be able to support health optimization, medicine, and practice. And uh, the goal there really is that um, there are certain situations where uh, health optimization doesn't have an immediate solution for you. Uh, for example, you're in pain or you have insomnia or you have anxiety or you're depressed, Right? Uh, or you need an immediate focus uh, uh, for, for, for something. Like me, for example, when I land in a certain place, I have to be on right away, right? Um, what can I do to... to uh, what can it take to, to do that? So all our products are actually geared because health optimization can take, you know, uh, as long as three to six months, you know, to nine months uh, for you to be able to balance... And what I tell my clients is that they you know, who who want instant gratification, I said, "Hey, look! It took you guys so many decades to get to your condition. Why do you want it? Um, uh, why do you think it will uh, balance itself overnight? Right? Because we're used to the silver bullet mentality. That's this one thing that you do. No, it's not. You know, our body is a is a network of these organisms that need to balance, and balancing takes time. So." The smarter, not harder, um, you know, is producing these products that health optimization cannot address immediately, but for which health optimization practitioners and doctors can use to address it. Like, uh, for example, uh, the blue carotene is a product for um, for uh, basically uh, improving brain performance by giving you a wide focus. And a wide, by wide focus, I mean, uh, uh, you know, when I I use it in the term of lecturing, you're able to focus on your lecture and at the same time, you're able to focus on your audience to see whether or not they are understanding what you're saying, how they're responding to the language that you're using, right? And you can adjust your presentation accordingly. And -hmm. that's a wide focus because it's different from a laser-like focus, which is very tiring. Seriously, uh, laser-like focus is very tiring. Um, And I invented that for myself, right? uh, because when I land, I have to lecture immediately. I have to go to important meetings. So I have to see patients uh, immediately. Like, and I have to right. be on, right? Uh, so, so um, uh, I said I, I created a gum actually uh, for myself, uh, and it, it had uh, methylene blue, which is an extra uh, electron donor, right, uh, to the brain, and uh, gives you extra energy. Uh, it has. Um, uh, Uh, caffeine that the the, the ingredients are in the name blue for methylene blue uh ka is for caffeine na is uh for hemp derived uh cbd crystals and uh teen is for nicotine and um these are these are all uh known and studied um to be great uh, uh nootropics but the blend itself uh is like a uh, as I said earlier, you know, it's emergent, this one plus one equals 11 kind of uh, uh, of action. You know, in fact, other people find it too strong, a single trochee, you know, they cut it into four. But, uh, this, uh, you know, what this, this would give you, and, and uh, that's for me at least, right? Um, and then other people liked this, the uh, effect on them. So I tried to manufacture it, have it manufactured, but... Um, n- manufacturer um actually refused it because it was a gum so it was a confectioner and it turned all of their equipment blue from methylene blue so i had to <laughs> i had to redo it uh and uh converted it into a trochee now our product uh, actually um is a buckle trochee that's spelled t-r-o-c-h-e right it's like a lozenge but it's a buckle trochee uh Meaning, you have to put it between your uh, upper lip uh, uh, and and gum, so it's wedged mm-hmm. between the uh, your upper lip and, and gum. And my reason for doing that is that it's a closer absorption to the circulatory system of the brain. That's why within about twenty minutes or so, you start feeling the effect. But the effect is quite gentle, and it's about uh, lasts you for about three to four hours or so and that's what users report right I'm again i'm not making any claims of this i made this for myself people found it useful people wanted it and so uh you know uh, uh there it is um, but the upcoming products will be like for example something for pain like uh, for example uh, uh for for patients with uh, like back pain and you know uh, uh, other types of pain from various diseases you know um but this will contain uh, higher doses of uh uh, THC, right. uh, you know, tetrahydrocannabinol, the thing that makes you high in, in cannabis you know? uh, or, or so they say. But uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mix of that. and so um, it's probably more of a dispensary product um, that w- when you do this, but, um, and then the next one will be about insomnia and the other one would be anxiety. But uh, as you can see just from the formulation of brocanine, Jason is that since I'm training mm-hmm. pharmacology, I actually treated this like a drug even if it's a supplement right? Um, everything uh, is precision dose, everything you, you see the certificate of analysis of. it's the number of milligrams that I specified in my formulation that's there, right? Um, uh, and it's uh, in a, a good manufacturing practices uh, lab that uh, basically manufactures it. Um, and, and our, our, our labels, uh, and, and we are in a childproof container, people have been have been uh sort of like wondering how come it's so difficult to open your container uh well yeah because we are we are following uh, you know the guidelines for uh what a childproof uh container is like (laughs) right Uh, just just (laughs) because that includes you no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um you know um uh, i always tell people it's all also uh, written in the bag. It's mandatory that you scan the QR code because all of the caveats are there. You know, you should not do this. You know, if if you're pregnant, lactating, uh, taking SSRIs, or if you are non-human, um, you know, you might you might give it to your dog for your dog to have more focus. But no, you know, don't do that. Right. So, um, so anyway, um, that's a kind of. Uh, those are the kinds of products that we're putting out uh, is actually, these are actually immediate solutions uh, in the health optimization space that clients and patients can use, right, uh, immediately to provide them immediate relief, because balancing will take some time, right. you know, uh, for example, for if you're doing hormone, hormone balancing, uh, for example, that will, uh, the blood changes every 90 to 120 days. So you expect, you know, that the effect of hormone balancing will be about mm-hmm. three months. So uh, in about three months and then nutrition medicine depends on, and this is very interesting uh, for your listeners because usually when you go to your doctor and say, Oh, okay, doctor, I'm going to eat properly, etc." I don't need all of these supplements. And I go, trust me, you will never eat properly. Just take the supplements and let's balance you out. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, that's such a, that's such a great point because there's um, that's, in a sense, you know, people kind of get really hung up on what is natural and what is, yeah, you know, uh, what basically we're we live in a world where if you're listening to this podcast, you are leading an unnatural life, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, it's and it's okay. I mean, that's the world we live in, you know. In the, in your Buddha and Guru analogy, um, a boat at one point could have been considered an unnatural thing to use. Yeah. And as opposed to just swimming across the river, right? Um, yes, yes. But... But eventually the boat became so safe and normal that it just became a a normal part of, of how humans did things. And yeah. And then,
1: and then we had to invent money, right. In order to pay for the boat ride.
0: Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about money and what it actually signifies or what it is physically um, even now, it's harder to imagine when money is basically swiping or waving your, a magic wand over a, uh, electrical s- receiver. Um, yes, but and, uh, and
1: getting and getting your um, your uh, uh, identification, your uh, your personal ID stolen. Um, right, uh, you, six, well, six there, times. Right. There's
0: offs. There's tradeoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, uh, in I, that I, world, though, you know, is that um, there are. I like to say, unnatural situations sometimes call for unnatural solutions. And uh, right. and you have to be careful with that because it doesn't mean that everything is equal and that you could just, like, you, you know, you have a background in pharmacology, so you can appreciate this uh, as well as anyone, if not more. But not all drugs are created equal. Not all dosages are created equal. Yes. Um, and so... Now- yeah,
1: yeah. To this point, actually, uh, you made an important one in, in in giving you supplements, right? The first level of supplements that they give you are what's called bioidentical and bioactive. So, bioidentical means the same uh, molecule that your body uses. It can be synthetic. It can be natural, right? Uh, taken from uh, from a fruit or something else, but it's, uh, for example, alpha lipoic acid. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you know uh, or or my favorite example is vitamin B12 right um, in vitamin B12 you know what you will get there as an artifact of manufacture is cyanocobalamin now cyanide is not a natural molecule in your body <laughs> right so, But we have developed now uh, bio uh, certain bioidenticals like methylcobalamin, for example, or hydroxycobalamin. And this goes into different compartments of the cell depending on the type. But these are the more bioidentical types. Bioactive means that your body is actually ready to use it. For example, for folic acid, right? It turns out like 40% of the world, world's population do not have the proper enzymes to actually cleave or cut the... Uh, the molecule into the proper molecule, which is tetrahydrofolate. But now we can actually give you five-methyl tetrahydrofolate directly, right, without going through the enzymatic steps of cleavage. And uh, you take a look at how wasteful we have been in fortifying foods with folic acids when we uh, now know that uh, it's actually 40 percent useless, right? because uh, uh, most people, forty uh, percent of the people cannot cleave the, the, uh, that molecule to the active form. Now, the second tier are uh, what I call the botanicals, right? Uh, the fungiceuticals, the bacteriophages, including your uh, your probiotics, mm-hmm. right. And um, these are these are, uh, the reason why they're in the second tier is that even if plants are natural, quote-unquote, code, it's very difficult to maintain their quality. And my favorite example for this is the uh, Tonkat ali, right? Right, Eurycoma longifolia. Uh, when they uh, when they uh, first uh, formulated the product as a testosterone booster, you know, they they harvested the um, the uh, plant uh, over by the top of the mountain, right? Uh, and when, so they did it for the studies, et cetera, it boosted the testosterone and the production uh, one, they harvested it at the bottom of the mountain and that actually had no effect. So you could see how plant-based uh, um, uh, supplements, uh, you know, can differ in, in terms of potency, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or activity, uh, depending on how they're harvested, how they're handled, et cetera. Uh, what toxins are in them? What's the manufacturing facility, and so forth? Right. So, the first level for us is to use what the body naturally uses. Uh, for example, in hormone therapy, you know, uh, uh, we use, you know, testosterone is actually being using, but uh, use same same thing that's being uh, produced by the body, but you know, um, uh, right. it's synthetic, right? It's, it's uh, uh, produced synthetically. So it doesn't matter for us. Uh, what ma- matters is that yeah, are they bioidentical and they're bioactive, right? So the term natural never even comes in. Second one is your, your plants, your you know uh, bacteria, uh, your spores uh, uh, and so on. And I put that at the second level because the quality mm-hmm. is really difficult. But for natural antibiotics, for example, uh, there are uh, already standardized, uh, for example, standardized extract of oregano oil you know, which is standardized to X percent of Carvacrol. You know, you could see those, and those are good to use because uh, at least you know uh, how much you're getting or how much curcuminoids you're getting when you're taking turmeric, right? Uh, um, so, uh, and that's the second 3rd I'm not opposed to drugs. The third year is actually the drugs, and drugs are what I call synbiotics, right? Uh, strange uh, molecules, uh, which means that they're never, uh, they've not been seen by the body in evolution. And it used to be that the question to me, the doctors would, illness medicine doctors would call me and would ask me, you know, hey, Ted, how's how's your um, um, hormone and uh, nutrient supplementation going to affect my drug therapy for my patients? You know, I, 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 you know, I, my answer is, you know, you got this backwards, you know, my hormones and, and uh, nutrients have been seen by the patient in evolution, but you the drug that you're giving has never been seen <laughs> right. by the patient in evolution. So you tell me how your drug therapy is going to affect the levels of the hormones and nutrients in my patients, right? It's just a fair, uh,
0: the burden of proof for who like has that, the burden of right? proof is a, is a very important question. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So why do you assume that, you know, uh, what you're giving is the one that's going to to cause disruptions when it is what you're giving that's going to cause disruptions right. in the natural flow of the system? Right. So um, uh, and, and and that has changed uh, a lot of perspectives. Right. I used to have more. I, I used to have kid gloves in, you know, but I'm now I'm old and I've taken it out and I, I'm just I'm just letting them have it because, you know guys you know if you're not willing to go to the new sciences now and review you know um uh what's going on then you know you're you're just going to be passed over by artificial intelligence uh, mm-hmm. uh doctors you know uh these these machines uh that will uh take over it's funny right? for example at the you know i've been lecturing on mitochondria for 5 years and and a cardiologist uh Powerful one called me up and said, "Ted, my God, you know you were lecturing about uh, mitochondria for five years, and it's now at the American Cardiology Society." It's like, and it's the only time that you believe <laughs> in, right? I, I kidded him now because because it's now in, the, in because it's now in the illness medicine track. It's the time that you believe in. It's and and, and uh, you know uh, things like this happen. It takes a while to change, but it does take someone to push things like this, right? And 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 so. Uh, Your uh, and um, m- my point last time when we talk is that if you are able to say uh, uh, because my my I, what I tell my patients my clients is my goal with you is to get mm-hmm. you addicted to the feeling of mm-hmm. wellness right this is a good addiction so that when you get. You get off kilter one way or the other by eating that cake and suppressing your testosterone for 24 hours because you ate that cake, right? So, um, you're, you're, you know, you know what the feeling is like and you can actually recover quickly, right? It's just like when you're training your, your muscles, right? Uh, uh, when you recover quickly, it's a sign, uh, that you're actually, um, becoming stronger and healthier. So yeah, this one is you recover from a sort of like, your center of wellness to where you're you, you feel really good quickly. Uh, other people, uh like for example, um say, you know, Dr. Ted, I'm only here because my husband told me so. Um and after six months he would come back to me and said, oh my God, Dr. Ted, I never thought that mm-hmm. it was possible to feel this way. Right? It's because right. it's experiential. You have to experience it rather than uh, rather than just chat about it and, you know, uh, etc. You go ahead and experience it. You know, and um, and 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 see what what difference it makes for you. And when you're healthy, you make better decisions. You know, you make you're you're kinder, you're less stressed. You make better decisions for your family, for your employees, uh, for for people whose lives you touch, right? Uh, because you're in one node, uh, right there that will affect uh, you know, several other lives and your environment. Uh, one of the other things I complain about is really. We're too human-centric, we're too anthropocentric, right? We're not the most important species on earth, you know? We're, <laughs> we're
0: just the most... Blasphemy.
1: Yeah, we're just the most pernicious, right? So, uh, <laughs> so, well, actually, so,
0: if you go by the numbers, I think cows and chickens are winning. <laughs>
1: well, uh, but we, 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 they, they, they are not as destructive as we are so
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you you could probably make a good argument for the uh, differences in quality of life as well
1: yeah so so ultimately right ultimately uh all we're doing is just raising the vibe you know uh and the way we i know how to do it is by by health right if you optimize your health you know that you're less stressed you're kinder you're you know, and, and all the things that you feel about when you feel well, right? Uh, or what they say, the top of the world feeling, right? Your, your uh, things come onto you and you don't cling to them, which is, you know, one of the essences of suffering is that there's a situation that comes to you and the first thing that uh, you think about is, uh, oh my fucking God, this is being done to me. Me, 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 right? Mm-hmm. My ego, yep. my, you know, and it's all how it relates to me. I said, "Oh my God, I, I, won't get my promotion now. I won't blah blah." You know, and there's, there's the suffering right there, right? Because it's, it's the, uh, uh, essentially, you're, you're getting hooked, right? The whole process of, uh, for example, meditation is actually learning how to unhook from these uh, emotionally salient stories. Right, the one with high emotional salience uh, is the one that actually uh, hijacks your attention. You know, you're you're driving, and suddenly you're thinking of the uh, of the fight that you had with your spouse or your significant other. Right, and it's not important right. at a particular point in time. You're driving, <laughs> you
0: know. Right.
1: So, you know, one uh, of
0: the most dangerous activities. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and and, and uh, this is what I mean. You know, when you're healthy, etc., you begin to have a, a healthier perspective. You know about um, uh, about all of these things, especially uh, as I said. You know, when uh, one of the things, uh, most stressful things uh, in the world, is relationships. Not only relationships mm-hmm. with with other people, uh, and your a relationship with your job your relationship with yourself i usually tell people not to have relationships with themselves right just to be their authentic selves and you know how do you do that how do you accept yours yourself and uh and so on and by realizing that there's no self to accept it's an illusion right it's like (laughs) it's it's just there forming ad hoc but that um, that requires time, that requires practice. Just as you go to the gym to, do, to develop uh, certain things, right? Um, going to, you know, having your own mental gym or having a, a meditation coach or teacher or whatever will help you do that. And my favorite word um, is actually unhooking, you know, to unhook your, your attention from all of those thoughts that are just flowing. And when you're uh, unhooked from, from that, you find yourself, outside of the river of thoughts that's flowing, thoughts and emotions, right, that's flowing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually um, an interesting uh, condition with us humans, and I think it has something to do with our evolution, right, uh, that the, uh, we're, there, our brains are still evolving, and we're, uh, our brains are still evolutionarily too young to have the proper uh, uh, dissociation of connections, right, um, that are not necessary. Uh, for us to have. It's just like uh, the emergence of language, for example, you're born with uh, the network for being able to pronounce all of the languages that are currently in existence, but your culture will select that for you, right? If you have kids, if 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 you can teach your kids like three languages before the age of seven, they can easily pick up two other languages after that because they have more networks that are actually prepared to receive such language. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, you see that culture basically has that, uh, a way of, uh, causing attrition to your neural network connections. And that's not bad. You know, forgetting takes that way. Um, so I think that's what's happening also to our, uh, to our egos, right? To our, uh, self-referential systems. We have extra, uh, pathways in there, um, that, uh, that light up. And it's going to take a while, it's going to take practice, et cetera, for us to be able to prune those connections and say, these are actually different parts of the brain that's firing, you know, uh, that's just uh, seemingly forms one cohesive self, but it actually isn't. But realizing that, again, is experiential, right? Okay. And, um, you know, um, i I, I like to say, uh, in a mental gym, you know, your psychedelics are just like your anabolic steroids, you know? Mm-hmm. you. Uh, basically, that's that's a very very quick way of doing it, but you still have to do the exercise. You know, you still have to work. You still have to meditate. You have to still have a, to have a practice. You know, uh, you still have to maintain your your relationship with others, and you still have to um, exercise compassion uh, and so on. And I think I mentioned to you uh, last time, Jason, that I am not after happiness, and your li- listeners will probably hate that hearing it from me. I am after minimal perturbability. So <laughs> in other words, I'll, I, I don't like, you know, tidal waves of joy and, uh, you know, deep whirlpools of sorrow because like any rhythm, you know, uh, life can be like that. You know, I'd rather take the gentle waves anytime, right? Not too happy, not too sad. That's fine with me. Or settle in the deep part of the lake, right? Where you have equanimity. Uh, that's why I said, I'm okay with minimally minimally perturbable, you know, Uh, (laughs) extreme happiness and sadness, you know, it's just like being in a, in a wide river, right? On the one hand, there's a very rocky and, you know, it's probably uh, a lot of fun to be in there, but I prefer to be in the silent part of the river, just floating. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. I am not going to be in in that uh, other part going tubing and uh, you know um, scraping my back, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. But but, but that's exactly uh, you know that's exactly the metaphor that uh, that I use. You know, you can you can live your life ho- however you want, but uh, for me it's it's like yeah, I, I I don't like getting hijacked by you know uh, my self-referential system all the time.
0: Because I cannot be
1: present with you, right? Right. Uh, imagine your your employee is talking to you, or you're talking to your boss, and your your boss is checking the phone and and you know answering email. And it's like I'm listening. It's like that's the worst thing.
0: Yes. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. where it's yeah yeah you, you in those situations you want to just say things <laughs> that are meaningless just to see if they're listening. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. For me, I actually totally stop. And they go, I'm listening. I said, no, you're not. Because the, the brain actually doesn't multitask. The brain slices its attention. Right. 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 We, we are not a multitasking. We don't have a multitasking brain in, in, a, in a functional sense uh, on, on what we're doing. Right. The brain will allocate little slices uh, you know, of your attention to what you're doing and what you're hearing, what you're doing, what you're hearing you know, uh, it seems to you that uh, you can multitask. But actually, that's how we actually got ourselves into a generation ADHD, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we've foisted uh, a lot of these distractions uh, to our kids, right? You know, we have a hyper-stimulative environment, giving them all the toys, etc. They don't know which ones to follow, you know, with their eyes and so on and so forth. And then we medicate them because they, they, they have no focus, you know? So, and these are the kinds of these are the kinds of things that we already know. They have been studied and so forth, and we could bring into our lives, you know, just to optimize the health of our relationships with with uh, our family or uh, you know with with other people. And yet we don't do it. Right? Uh, that's why I said if you make your goal being present uh, with the people uh, around you who need you, with situations or with with uh, things about the environment that need uh, addressing then you you know you you actually finish the day already accomplished it's not by the the list that you take out uh, i'm a quality of life guy as you already know now mm-hmm. you know i'd rather live a short life with a very high quality and you know and very little or no pain rather than live a long life in pain
0: the funny thing is is so, uh, if you optimize for quality often you get more quantity <laughs>
1: yes and that's that's uh, and that's my uh, and that's the beneficial side effect mm-hmm. right is um that that's what happens so th- this these are the kinds of um of things that tie it all together like ultimately you know uh having having your health optimized having your you know uh various uh, networks in your body host, uh, optimized especially with uh nutrient and hormone uh, metabolite balancing right And uh, this is because uh, we're focusing on metabolites now because this is the one where we can actually present to illness medicine and say, hey, you know, um, here's actually the test is being done. And uh, borrowing a page from their book, they do diagnosis too and and treatment, right? Uh, Diagnosis and treatment of disease versus detection and correction of imbalances. So um, there's a method of diagnosis that's clinically acceptable to them. That's why it's called clinical metabolomics, right? Uh, but if, if someone can provide me with a clinically acceptable measurement of the subtle energies of the body, hell, I'll take it, right? Mm-hmm. Or a quantum level measurement of the whatever, right? right. But for now, so as not to alienate uh, the illness medicine group, right? So we, we all have, we all have to, to work on this. And the ultimate, uh, uh, my ultimate um, uh, vision, uh, actually, uh, Jason, is really very simple. If you, the result of the world that we see today is a result of our egoic attachments and what the Buddha calls ignorance. Ignorance really, me, really means that uh, something different. It means that we do not know the true nature of the world as it is. Mm, right. right? So, and he, uh, there's a classification of uh, attachments as attachments to things that are sensual or sensate, right? Food, clothing, shelter, sex, you know, re- relationships and, and so on, uh, children even, and, and so on, that's, that's uh, sensate. And then um, uh, the second one is uh, uh, to uh, attachment to opinions. So if you're heavily opinionated about something, you can let go, you know, Attachment to rituals for which you don't know the meaning, right? Um, and then the other, the one, the last one is attachment to the ego or to the self-referential system. And those are the the four attachments. You know, it's it's not it's not the desire itself that's wrong, but it's the attachment to desire, right? It's not wrong. It causes suffering. It's not even wrong, right? It's just that if you attach to it, you'll suffer,
0: right? right. So yeah, that's an important so, um, distinction.
1: Yes, yeah, important, uh, important distinction. So, uh, and um, you know, we, we can already show, you know, right from, from uh, the ancient uh, teachings, you know, of, of uh, attachment and, and ignorance all the way to um, theoretical physics, right? Uh, and and uh, neuroscience that you know in theoretical physics if you take a look at the uh string theory or all you know vibrating strings were particles popping into and out of existence you know that matter is uh, something that uh, appears and disappears uh as a sort of the fluctuations in a in a, in a vacuum right so that's the nature right uh, as as, as uh, we know it to we know it to be but what we're looking at is actually something different, right? We're looking at a wall that seems to be constant, we're looking at a chair that seems to be constant. You know, um, if you're in front of me, you don't seem to be appearing, disappearing, and so on. Um, uh, and but in and the, they say the world is an illusion. You know, neuroscience shows that you really don't know what an apple is, right? Uh, because it shows that. Yeah, it has color. Uh, it has a shape, and so on. But all of these are constructed in your brain. Right, right. You know the real the real nature of the apple is really not out there. It's you know it's it's a basically a, const- a basically something that arises in your consciousness, right? Uh, as a, a set of neural network depolarizations. You you the apple is a concept, right? right. And uh, there's a joke, right? And uh, and Enlightenment is uh, there was a joke of uh, you know what's enlightenment and uh, there's this monk under an apple tree that's full of fruits and some of the apple has fallen down to the ground and is reading a book how an apple tastes like
0: mm-hmm.
1: right instead of instead of just biting into the apple. <laughs>
0: Uh, (laughs) i like that
1: (laughs) so and that's what we do all the time we you know um it's like we we live in a world of concepts and that's why there's this expression let let let's get out of our heads right because we have these conceptions of things all the time but uh the truth of is that all of these things are just representations in our consciousness we really don't know how it looks like out there um which is why it's interesting for example the the work of uh, donald hoffman i don't know if if you've uh, gone through his work right where he wrote a book uh, uh, yeah uh, a case against reality where he simulated you know organisms in an environment those that knew reality as it was like uh you know that these are really vibratory strings or whatever and those who knew uh, uh this uh uh this a set of handles to improve evolutionary function or to 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 uh, basically express evolutionary function of uh, the evolutionary fitness, right? Of survival and reproduction, which is what we do. So uh, essentially all of those who knew um, uh, the true nature of reality died out and those who only knew about survival and reproduction won, right? And um, those, uh, and uh, what he's saying is like, a, we're, we're like a, uh, the user interface, in a computer, you know, you don't know the code that's inside and all the machinery that's inside. All you need to do is to actually pull the folders in and out. And, you know, and that's how, how we are. We know that how to seek mates, we know how to seek food, etc., etc. But these are just icons, you know, for us to be able to um, to maximize our evolutionary fitness. It is not reality as it is, right? So um, it's, it's, a, it's a concept that's really very difficult to grasp initially if you're uh, if you're not used to uh, this kind of argument but when you see you're you're also do- using a computer or a laptop uh, you know or even your phone you're using interfaces all the time and uh, essentially all we are doing here that's the reason why you can carry a log for example etc is that you're, you we have these user interfaces like right? we right. see a log right but it may actually not look that way, right? Uh, we, we construct these, uh, things that we call houses, uh, and so on and so forth. But, um, that's not the reality of it. You know, um, it's just things that maximizes, uh, these, uh, these are just mechanisms that maximize our, our survival, you know, and our rep- reproductive fitness. And fuck, if we're stuck there, you know, and never, never, uh, realize that we're actually, uh, just that you know, uh, we're, we're never able to create a world, you know, that is a better dream, mm. right? A sweeter dream that, rather than a nightmare that, that we have created now because this world that we've created is uh, essentially a result of our egoic desires and cravings, right? I, I want that experience and I want that experience and I want that experience. I want more profit. I want So I will use child labor. I will dump more toxins and uh, toxic waste in, in waters and so on and so forth. And and, uh, th- and and that's a result of the egoic consciousness. and that's why I am more concerned, right, in the emergency of waking up, right, and waking up and saying, guys, you know, this is the world that we have created. Granted that it's illusory, uh, it's better to live in a, in a sweet yes, dream yeah. than in a nightmare, right?
0: So- <laughs> yeah, if, if you have if you have the choice, it's a pretty clear <laughs> one. It's. It- If you zoom out and, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, I, you know, and we, and we kind of come full circle to, um, there, how we open this conversation, which is your mission of reducing suffering begins with yourself. And you mentioned to me previously that, and actually you are, uh, a, a few people who have more life experience than me have. Uh, Conveyed this message to me recently, I think, because as you're aware, I've been doing a lot of self, uh, a lot of introspection and um, self analysis as my reach and uh, influence on the world increases. I am trying to do it uh, responsibly or Mm -hmm. at least uh, trying to create a better dream for myself. And uh, a lot of times, people like myself are drawn to this concept of making a better world or making the world a better place. And um, there have been a few people, yourself included, who have said, well, you know, well, actually, you had a a really nice, concise way of saying it. And I think you said that um, for people who are trying to do good, they focus on making the world a better place. For people who are wise, they make themselves mm-hmm. better. So I'm probably butchering this. Yeah, that's but that's, then that's roomy,
1: right? Uh, when I was uh, good, I wanted to change the world. When I was wise, I wanted to change myself. And then I added my spin to it. I said, "So let us be wise in order to be good." But then that's too poetic, right? Uh, there's no call. <laughs> there's no call to action and so i changed it to you know let's decrease suffering in ourselves and you know let's decrease suffering in others and how do we decrease suffering in others by knowing that there are no others right for all one Ah, Yeah. mm -hmm. yeah
0: Why read about the apple when you can bite it? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, exactly. one, it's part of you. <laughs>
1: yeah. One of the things about the criticism of health optimization is that, oh, you know, it's this and that. They, they attack it on several fronts, from the cost to the uh, complexity and so on and so forth. You know, but once you experience it, it's an experiential thing, right? Once you experience it, right, then you, you begin to feel the essence of what it is to be health optimized. It's the same thing as you know uh, enlightenment. An enlightenment experience is an experience, but the essence of enlightenment is really different. Uh, uh, it's just highlighted by the experience, right? The essence of enlightenment, or the enla- uh the and I use that in the current day definition of enlightenment, which is like a like a shift of a uh, permanent perspective uh, that there is no self, right? That the uh, that there is no self uh, that's there. So. Um, and But the classic definition of enlightenment has to do with uh, reincarnation, right? It's uh, The classic mm. definition is that it's a condition where there is no more rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. condition where you, there's no more birth and rebirth, and that's Hindu and Buddhist in and, 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 and nature. But if you take a look at the current definition of uh, enlightenment, which is more similar to waking up and being awake all the time, right? is, is uh, being disidentified with the ego or with the self-referential system. And remember that ego is a very uh, emotionally loaded term, right? So I prefer to use a self-referential system because, you know, um, it's, it's neither good or bad. It's there, you know, it's highly protective of you. It, it keeps you um, surviving and reproducing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, um, and it, could, it could keep you very much stuck in that mode, <laughs> for all of
0: your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, Because it's, uh, if you, you will want
1: more and more and more, right?
0: Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's one of those systems that, um, in, a, in a way, uh, systems that were created before consciousness were not necessarily designed with consciousness in mind. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, I don't know um, if that's a paradoxical way of thinking about it, but
1: um <laughs> <laughs> well there's a very old classic by julian Jaynes. you know the emergence of consciousness by the breakdown of the bicameral mind and i don't know how many of your readers or your listeners uh, actually would remember that book but it's a classic uh on that you know on, on um you know it traces uh, for example um when narcissus first saw his uh, um uh image in the water right uh so there's the development now of like, oh, we are separate, you know, we're we we're we're separate uh, organisms where where we actually um uh have this body that's separate from anyone else. And that became like the mirror test, right? Uh you know, can you identify that you're as you're you're one and the same as your reflection in the mirror? And it shows that, you know, uh chimps can do it, right? And uh even dolphins, you know, um, when you put a mirror there. They they do certain things like uh, for example chimps they would actually uh, dance around flash their genitalia you know and so <laughs> on things 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 that human beings would do in a mirror right right um, and 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 uh, 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 one of the things that's going on uh, in in this area in terms of the philosophers right well the, they are advancing that well maybe all of this. Uh, uh, this uh, hy- hypothesized strings in string theory in physics, you know, or or these waves, uh, or these vibrations, etc., from which we arise, uh, you know, uh, maybe there's proto consciousness, or maybe they're conscious, or maybe they're aware, right? And this that's where actually spirituality can come in, right? You may regard all of these things as having all, all these things that make us up as actually having as consciousness itself, and then there there arises the whole. The whole field of spirituality. So you, you're you just basically expanding from physics into uh, the mode of spirituality. So, you know, um, as, as uh, you know, was it Nassim Harman who quoted this? It's like, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, spirituality is just physics that's unexplained. Mm, uh, something okay. like that. Yep. Uh, I, I, I think that's him, or, you know. Um, so, so th- these are the things that, that I think has become urgent during our time, uh, Jason, uh, waking up, um, at saying, okay, this is enough, you know, uh, this is what I need, you know, uh, the ego is an accumulator of experiences, right? Right. It will, it, it's very funny, uh, how the way people, uh, like travel right now, or, uh, they, uh, the way they raise their kids, right? They, um, they're there, but they're checking their phones. They're not present for the kids. They travel and they just take pictures all over the place without actually putting their phones down to actually admire the place. Really? You know, so it's 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 uh, that thing. And um, you know, your 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 uh, desire to move towards something that's pleasant and to move away from un- something unpleasant, uh, you know, is that particular always a state of dissatisfaction? Of the self-referential system or the ego, and that's what's creating this this suffering inside us. And that's what, and if you look around, this is just a byproduct of our egoic cravings, right? Um, so why not build a better world by working on ourselves, and by working on ourselves, we decrease our suffering. The the suffering of others also decrease.
0: And so there's an urgency of waking up. That is something that we can take as a um, an action item for us as, as the, as the podcast, Jason, uh, returns to the uh, surface here is, um, (laughs) but you know, I think that your work in many different fields has come to a head and come together within your home hope, uh, health optimization medicine and practice uh brand which is a um you know a whole different conversation as to to what a brand is but anyways um people can find that at homehope.org right yes okay and then smart yes. smarter not harder which is not a condom company can be found at
1: <laughs> uh transcriptions.com that's the brand that's held by uh, smarter and Harder. Smarter and Harder, I judiciously uh, have no um, uh, website for it because it's the, it's a the company that holds a brand.
0: Gotcha, right? gotcha, so, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Ted, you know, I think um, this has been something that all of our self-referential systems will have to digest uh, for a while here um, and see how does this fit into our our ego, how does this information get taken into account? You know, you mentioned biohackers hanging their hats on different, uh, hacks that they do. Um, and saying like, where does this fit into the bigger picture? But in general, um, a lot of what we've talked about here, the seven pillars of health optimization, uh, optimizing our mitochondria or or providing the right environment for mitochondria to thrive. Um, and Smurf nootropics. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me let me summarize with a simple advice, right? Even if you don't do all the testing, you don't do the health optimization, etc. there's a very inexpensive way to do this. And the way to do this is by hacking your lifestyle, right? And what do I say with this? Well, one, you know, make sure that you sleep well, right? Uh, when you wake up in the morning, uh, you know, drink two glasses of water, hydrate well, you know, uh, you, you also, uh, essentially begin your day with a gratitude that you're alive for another day, you do your gratitude meditation, you know, and, and so on without planning your day first, because usually I know many of you jump out of bed and say, Jesus fucking Christ, I have to do the following things today. Right. Right. Um, but why not lie down for a bit and be grateful for what you have? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, even even problems that you have are teachers in themselves, right? Um, and then and then um, uh, the the next thing is is uh, so you hydrate well. You know, many uh, men need about two point nine liters of water a day, including from food. Women about two point seven liters of water, and many many of us forget to hydrate, right? And uh, the body is anywhere from 60 to eighty percent water. Uh, especially depending when, on whether or not it's full moon, right? And <laughs> right? Because we're affected by the moon. so the way the moon affects the tides. And then uh, there's um, and, and then you you eat well, right? Uh, you know, if you can't you can't promise me that you're going to eat well, then at least uh, time you're eating well, right? So uh, so that uh, you give your your body a rest in terms of producing all of this energy, you know, instead of cooking your food all the time inside the body, you give your kitchen a rest, right? Um, uh, And then um, uh, the other thing is you uh, move well, you know, you you go and do your exercises, you know, uh, at least uh, two, uh, 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 twice a week, uh, two to three times a week, you do some resistance exercises. You know, you need about 72 hours of uh, break between resistance exercises for your muscle to grow. Look, as you get older, you're going to experience sarcopenia or muscle loss, right? So you, when you're young now, you save up on those muscles, just, you know, and then um, you have some uh, aerobic exercise uh, every day. Um, and then um, the uh, you move well, and then you sun well, you go expose yourself in the sunlight, look, it's free, right? Um, uh, the 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 evolutionary uh, v- uh, values for, for vitamin D are very much higher than the, requ- the requirements, uh, daily requirements, mm-hmm. right? And yet I find many people actually uh, close to what's called nutritional oste- osteomalacia. Your, your bones are going to soften because you don't have enough vitamin D, right? Um, uh, there's a vitamin D up there depending on where you live, right? Because it's dependent on latitude and dependent on the season and so on. And you could... Um, uh, you know, at noon in the summer, uh, you, ex- you can expose yourself, like for five or 10 minutes in-, in the sunlight. Of course, the darker you are, the more exposure you need, right? And it's uh, up to like, even just sun sun, sun and, and, and hands, uh, face and hands, you know, you could get up to 40,000 IU free vitamin D. Uh, so you you sand well, you ground well, and this is uh you know your the EMF inside your house. You turn you turn them you turn off your Wi-Fi router at night. You know you you walk barefoot in the sand or in the soil or in the grass, right? Uh, just to ground yourself and discharge your your uh, negative ions uh, and so on that you have accumulated in your body, right? Um, and then um, relate well, right? Um, and uh, I said, if you have you have a toxic boss, you know you can you can uh, resign and get another job. Um, if you have a toxic uh, other, then you know you can divorce. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know because uh, <laughs> these, these things are, are uh, uh, you know you repair your relationships because they are a source of stress, right, um, uh, to you. Um, and as I said they're the the highest sources of stress are, are from those. Um, And then um, uh, you you relate well, and then you love well, right? You have compassion for yourself, uh, you have compassion for other people, you have uh, compassion for your environment, and so on. In other words, you assume uh, a greater, uh, uh, sort of like a a more expanded consciousness uh, that uh, that we're all in this single organic spaceship called Earth that's hurtling through space. And if we are the viruses, it's our only host. Let's not destroy <laughs> it, right? Well so. <laughs> said, definitely.
0: It's, uh, we have to be symbiotic, right? <laughs> to a point. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I think that's a great summary because hacking your lifestyle is something that in many cases is free and everyone can do. And the risks are often very low. Um, And so you can get all bent out of shape about all of the different things that Dr. Ted just suggested. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. um, going outside, uh, there's probably somebody out there that might... Uh, have some condition that it is allergic to being outside, then I apologize if we are oversimplifying this. But going outside seems to be the right thing for many people, um, and it's free to do. Uh, and so that that's just one example out of the many that you just provided. Um, also to highlight, we talk a lot about vitamin D, but it's a sort of a proxy measure in a way. Um, we We do know that vitamin D levels are important, but there are other benefits to going and getting sunlight. You know, so then just Mm -hmm. supplementing vitamin D can be helpful, but it isn't a replacement for sunlight. Um, That's
1: true. Uh, I have seasonal affective disorder because I come from the tropics, right? And uh, in the winter, I used to get severe seasonal affective disorder, and uh, uh, I would take fifty thousand IU vitamin D three times a week, and that's diarrhea heaven, right? It's like you're <laughs> really going to di- to have diarrhea with those doses. But I'd rather take the diarrhea over depression, right? And what was the solution? You know, I got myself a dog, and I am w- forced to get up in the morning, even in a fucking winter and it's so cold right because your dog you have to take your dog for a walk so, so suddenly you're taking care of this creature and you're actually forced to go out and and be out there but you know uh the the, the kinds of things you had
0: a dog deficiency
1: yeah it's had a dog deficiency syndrome right um <laughs> that's another vitamin d uh
0: <laughs> right. yeah exactly that's a good one <laughs> and
1: uh, for for uh, lack of spirituality it's the uh, DMT deficiency syndrome right
0: right it's all the D's, <laughs> yeah, all the Ds. <laughs> well
1: anyway.
0: Dr. Ted thank you so much for your time and sharing all this um, you know like I mentioned at the beginning uh, I'm not really very good at reading bios but you um, spend your time with people who control the fate of nations and influence public opinion and our celebrities and politicians and other types of people who um, are very important. And so I'm honored that you're sharing your time with us as well, um, because it's important to me and it's important to the rest of us that we create the best dream that we can for ourselves and, the, and those around us. Yes, and, and, um, so. and your,
1: your network is just as important as the network of those people. Right? The, the people that you affect, uh, whose lives mm-hmm. you affect, are just as important as the lives that they affect. The scale is different, but uh, the, the, as again, you know, in, in terms of chaos theory, you don't know which lever uh, is actually going to cause the mm-hmm. hurricane
0: mm-hmm. somewhere. Well, thank you. And, and uh, homehope.org is where folks can find more about Dr. Ted. And I will also be posting links in the show notes at slash podcast, as per usual. And Dr. Ted, um, this has been uh, both of our conversations have helped me, I believe, work towards a waking up of my own. Um, although that's a, a journey I've tried to put myself on. Uh, anyways, but this has been something that I think connects dots in a way that I haven't heard before across many different, uh, fields and lines of thinking and all the way down to linking spirituality and physics, which is not something that comes up frequently in my podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So thank you.
0: Thank you for that. And all of your time.
1: You're welcome. Uh, oh, for, for the blue canning, it's transcriptions.com. It's like prescription, but it's T R O S. Yes. Tro. Tr- yes. Yeah.
0: Troscriptions.com. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. And we'll uh, post the links and thank everyone for listening as well. Um, please let us know what you think. And we're always happy to hear from you. So, cheers. The Elite Academy now offers in-depth online courses on multiple subjects. So if you're enjoying the content of this podcast, but you're looking for a more structured and logical progression, looking at the science and application of these subjects, check out the Elite Academy at EliteHRV.com slash Academy.